Hi, everyone. Welcome to Three Cups and a Dash of Spirituality podcast. This week, Michelle, Carissa, and I are going to be talking about attachments. What are they? How do you get one or get rid of them? And with that, let's play the music. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Three Cups and a Dash of Spirituality. I'm Stacy Nestor here with Michelle. Hey, everyone. And Carissa. Hello, hello. And today we are here to talk about a fun topic. I know a topic that is one of those. I know I know. I get a lot of questions. Do you get a lot of questions? Do, do either of you get questions about this? No, I don't. Carissa's like, I don't like talking about this stuff. I don't want to bring it on. <laughs> we're here. We're going to be talking about attachments today. It's not my thing. I don't really do it. I don't know. And knock on wood. I know this is not real word. I remember y'all telling me that. I don't want one. But I think it's a good topic because, you know, Stacey had said they're kind of hard to get. It takes a long time. So this is good for people to to listen and hear about. And what can you do, you know? Or sometimes it just takes a moment. I mean, that's my experience. When I got my attachment, it was very quickly. It all depends. It is. It's so like in order for it to be super quick, I feel like it has to everything has to line up perfectly. Like it's that last piece of a puzzle that's going into place, but everything has to be like set up perfectly for it to be quick. Does that make sense? No, thank you. No, thank you is right. Even having experienced one, I mean, it's a lesson that I'm happy I have. I can recognize it, but I would rather do without, I think. Well, I am going to invite you, Michelle, to share your story because you just said that you had one. So why don't we start there? So it started back in March of 2021. I was going through the Sage Method program with Bo, and she and I worked through something, and I found out that one of my guides was actually my grandmother. So I did know her in living form. She passed before she could teach her lessons, so she's with me every day, and I'm So thankful for that. And Bo said, have fun with it. Go talk to her. So the next day I went into meditation. I went to a park. I couldn't remember the name of the park. And I saw her there. She used to take me there all the time as a child. And it was a beautiful reunion until it wasn't. Because while I'm having this great conversation with my grandma, this feeling creeps in that is so nasty towards her. And I knew it wasn't me. And it scared me so much that I pulled out of meditation. But my grandma has always meant so much to me. And in that moment, it was really, who are you? I don't even like you. I don't even think you're very pretty. I mean, it was nasty. It was a nasty little... Oh, that's what they were saying to you? Yeah. I could hear it as if it was my own thought, but I knew it wasn't my thought because I'd never felt that in life. And so I pulled myself out and was like, wow, what happened? And that was in, in March. And she laid there dormant. I mean, like there were things that happened along the way, but she didn't really speak up again until July, which I did figure out who she was. And around the anniversary of her death, she came out really loud and I couldn't shake the thought. And I would go and do things with my friends and I would be like, who are these people? Like, even though they're doing something nice for me, I don't know who you are. I don't know why you're here doing this. And it just was ugly. And I felt desperate. Even at a sage practitioner meeting, I was like, I don't even know these people. I don't even have any business here. Like, why am I here? And it was circular. It started to feel really desperate. 
And yeah, because that's not like you at all. No, it's not like me at all. And I knew they weren't my thoughts, but I couldn't escape them. It was like a little voice in the back mm-hmm. of my head just saying these things, this chatter. And yep. luckily, you know, that that week I had a Reiki session with Stacy and I, I called her at the beginning of the week on Monday and said, I think I have an attachment. And she's like, man, everybody's talking about attachments now. She goes, I haven't stepped in yet, but when I do, and the morning of our appointment, she called. And before I could say anything, she's like, uh, you're right. You have an attachment. And when I go in there, if you feel pulling, that's what it is. And I'm going to help you through this. And she did. Who? Tell us about the lady. Want to start? a I'm, very I'm, long story. Oh, is that a so long this story? This could like, take two episodes. It was a victim of a serial killer. Mm. And again, it's one of those breadcrumb trails that keeps amplifying. It started back in March of, well, like the thing happened where I visited my grandma. And then like a week later, I was in the car listening to a podcast and it came up about a serial killer. And in that episode was the name of the park. I couldn't remember. So that was clue number one. There's this park here. I couldn't remember. It's in this episode. And then about a week later, I was driving home. And I was listening to it. Somebody called in and they were asking me about a code. And I'm like, well, it's Bud 2. And they said to me, twos and Zs, Zs and twos, like you can get them mixed up very easily. I'm like, yes, you can. Got off the call, went back on to, um, or went back to listening to the podcast. And I swear within two minutes, the person on the podcast was saying twos are Zs, Zs and twos. You can get them confused. I mean, exactly the conversation I just had in real life. And so that triggered me to there being something there. Fast forward to July when everything amped up. And in that moment when Stacy was clearing her, I knew who it was. And I was able to verify after the appointment that the day I heard the first podcast was the day she was born. The day she came back and started getting loud was the day she died, Mm -hmm. and she is buried in the same cemetery as my grandma, and that's who I was visiting in the park. So it all kind of came back as to this is who it was. So I'm, and I saw her, and Stacy had a description too. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to jump in here and just say that, like you know, I was saying earlier that attachments really occur when everything kind of aligns perfectly. Like what you just explained is like that perfect alignment. Everything just kind of fell into place the way you know it needed to for that to happen. And sometimes attachments do also happen because there's a lesson in there for the human. And I do believe there was a lesson here. It was a safe learning place. My grandma was with me when it happened. She's one of my guides. This is an avenue of spirituality that I'm finding I have a calling to. And so it kind of introduced me to that also. And just knowing what it felt like, knowing how to help other people or when they describe what they're going through, kind of say, yeah, I've been there and I can relate. Yeah. It, t- it does typically take a long time. So, because we don't want to, you know, not to freak y'all out, but it does typically take a while. So I think that the reason that it was super quick for Michelle, and, you know, I've also had my own experience with an attachment. And I think the reason that it happened super quickly was because the lesson, the lesson piece. So there is a significant difference between someone who has not stepped into practicing this realm, I'm going to say, because it's such a broad, I don't want to even say spirituality, but this realm of 
practicing with energy work and stuff like that. There's such, there's, there's so much there that individuals that are stepping into it that are drawn to do attachment work or clearing work or, you know, that, like that kind of energy space. I, I think the reason it's so quick for people that are in that practice is because they need to understand what it feels like from that physical aspect of it so that when you clear it out of someone, you can go, I know how you're feeling right now. It feels like you are an alien in your own body or there is an alien in your body that's kind of whispering in your ear and it feels very unnatural. And so when you go in to remove it, it can it can feel even more uncomfortable. Like there's, you you can get pulling feelings, just stomach aches. Like there can be a lot of different things that happen. But if you don't understand that from, you know, that self perspective, it's really hard to explain. Let's talk about, have you all read or known or heard that you don't have to be stuck with this forever? Can it naturally just detach? I mean, I believe anything is possible, and and I, I would love to hear Michelle's perspective on this. I think that an attachment can leave when the physical the physical person that they're attached to no longer serves them. So attachments are typically drawn to what they knew in life. And I know we've talked about stuck souls in the past. So just a reminder that a stuck soul gets stuck because of a lower vibration, that feeling of I'm gonna anger, worry, jealousy, all of those lower vibrational energies is typically what holds them here. So when they attach to someone, there is some characteristic about that person that draws them in. So they become attached. And when they kind of have sucked all of that energy out of the person they're attached to. There's no reason that they can't go, well, this is no longer serving me, but that person over there, they've got the energy that I want now because the person is so depleted by that point in time that they're no longer serving because ultimately attachments really are drawing power from the living person. And Stacey, you always amaze me. I know why you're going to get your PhD because you're going to be a fabulous teacher, but how you put that to today about why that lesson was so quick for me, because I am drawn to do that work. I never thought of it in those terms before. So I do thank you for that. And they're just very uncomfortable, but it's nothing that can't be handled. And I'm not fearful of it anymore. I think that is the place I would like to start. And it doesn't feel like if people are worried, like, would I know maybe because I'm sad or I'm something's going wrong, maybe that's an attachment. And attachment is, it just feels different. You just know it's not you, but it feels like your thoughts. And I don't know how else to say. It sounds like it was subtle too. It was very subtle. And she did lay because in my human life, so much was going on. I mean, it attached and I felt like, huh, maybe I got an attachment, but then she was quiet. But every once in a while, I'd hear it again and I try to quiet it down and I could until I couldn't. So she just kind of lay dormant until her message needed to come through. And it was time for me to learn the rest of the lesson. That's why I love the shamanism because shamanism incorporates the psychology and the spirituality. Well, I I think that's a key piece, understanding the 
the psychology behind things because you know one of the the issues that arises particularly with attachments and things like that is we're talking about you know an, another voice essentially in our minds and understanding anything about psychology it's really easy to go but is that some is that a mental illness how do you know the difference between you know multiple personality disorder subtle yeah because yeah, this is subtle yeah it's, subtle. it's very 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 different and it feels it feels different and you know one of the the biggest things too that i think is key is when you're dealing with an attachment i feel like you're not stepping into the psychosis that you do with those diagnoses you are just continuing to live and it feels heavy and it feels it just feels different and i'm not sure what other language to use around that but it's it's a very interesting experience you're in yeah it feels like i haven't had an attachment about you know you had spirits in your house it feels like you're just in someone's energy and you know how when you're around certain people you change a little bit right we all have these different parts of ourselves and when we get with other people a new, new part of ourselves come up yep. so it's kind of like that except it's not it's not how we think. It's not how we think. And, you know, it was very interesting when I was doing the SAGE method with Bo, the practitioner program, there would be like every month we would have a video and my guides were really good about throwing in something that I had to deal with that was related to the video. And so I kind of was clued in by that also because we were talking about attachments. So that kind of clued me in as to what was going on also. But Stacy, for us, you know, it's different because we're learning the lesson. How do, do attachments happen to just ordinary people living their lives? Like what, what has to exist? What are the conditions? So I know I said previously, a lot of times attachments happen because that spirit is drawn to a certain quality that someone has. So I'll give an example of a clearing that I did because I actually removed an attachment from a gentleman in Florida, the gentleman in Florida, the family moved into a house and the house was occupied by a previous spirit that had not crossed over. And the male in the house had certain qualities. I'm trying to remember, I think it was worry, a little bit of controlling tendencies, not major controlling tendencies, but like overbearing tendencies that he could easily step into. And a lot of those qualities were so similar to the 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 spirit that had crossed that that was stuck. I'm sorry, not crossed. That the spirit was immediately drawn to to this this gentleman after the family moved into this house, and it took like they had lived there I think for six months before I was like before it was a problem because it was subtle. It was you know this stuck spirit was just really attracted to the energy. So it starts with them just sitting in, like like Carissa said, just sitting in the other person's energy, just enjoying those qualities that they kind of shared and, and per perhaps kind of nudging them a little bit, nudging them to start becoming those qualities that they practiced in life, becoming more overbearing, becoming more controlling, you know, stepping into those qualities that really showed when this person was living. And over time, it becomes more, I'm going to say, kind of wrapped around energetically. So you guys, do you know, have you ever seen those maypoles that people do? They dance around the maypoles and they wrap the yeah. 
the things, you, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It's like that energetically. It's like, you know, a strand here, a strand there, and then it's just kind of wrapping around the person energetically. So it gets to a point where the living person that has the attachment is in a space where they are in like constant, almost fight or flight mode. But eventually you step into like utilizing those qualities from the attachment that were huge in their lives. So this person that I'm talking about became really overbearing, really controlling, really not fun to live with. And when I stepped in to do the attachment, I I let the family know like might act a little different. It feels weird when you have an attachment removed. We remove something and we fill it with something, but it needs like the body, the human body needs a few days. So let me know in like a week how things are going and let me know, you know, what's happening. And I remember like this one, this was like a year or two ago. And this woman, the wife reached out to me and she was like, he's completely different. He's back to the person that he was when we moved in together or when we moved here together because the attachment was removed and the soul was crossed all at the same time. So he wasn't still stepping into those negative qualities. Well, you did explain that earlier. And I guess for a minute there, I like got my wires confused because an attachment, just so people know, is different than a possession where I was going more towards inviting that energy in. But you don't need to invite it in for the attachment to to happen. And I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about possession because I don't want anyone to be scared or to think they're doing anything wrong that they're two totally different things. Like if you get an attachment, it's not a possession. Does someone want to speak to that? I'm glad you clarified that because I could see some people thinking about the possession. Yeah. Never have I heard of a possession, never have I experienced it, nor do I want it. And honestly, could someone get possessed inviting something in? I don't know. I mean, I'm cynical. I don't I don't know. I think that'd have to be agreed upon before you come into this life. I really don't think just because you say, hey, come on in, that can take over your whole body. But I'm cynical. So I'll be what the cynical What does the wise for- owl have to say? I'll be the cynical one for everybody. <laughs> I like it. I like being cynical. So I'm going to start by a little bit of sharing a little bit of my personal history, if that's okay. When I first stepped into doing this work, I was actually terrified of possessions terrified, 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 terrified. So I did a lot of work around that so that I could understand how, what, where, when, why, you know, all of the things, because I didn't want to do this if I was going to set myself up for failure in that capacity. So very similar to like the attachment for Michelle, my understanding of possessions is everything has to be in perfect alignment once again, which means the human now has to have a lower vibration, i.e. really depressed, really not doing well, really not caring about life, just not absolutely, just really, really, really low. And they need to have some sort of connection to a space or a really energetically specific thing in order to invite it in. And they absolutely have to invite it in without fear. And having everything line up, and I'm not saying if you're depressed, you're not you're not going to be possessed. It's that's that's it's so 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 rare that you would have to like intentionally seek out this energetic location to make it happen. It's so so rare. 
I have never even dealt with a possession. I know one person that has seen maybe two or three in their entire like 30 year career because they're so rare. And you see us all like just like looking at you right now, like, oh, this is fast. Tell me uh, yeah. more, but really I mean, scary. It it is re- it is really scary. And and my fear stemmed again from from watching some certain movies when I was in college and thinking, oh my gosh, this could happen to me. When the reality is, is oh my gosh, this probably will never happen to me because my guides aren't gonna let it happen to me. And that's not in my life path. Very similar to what Carissa said. When we come down, we make these decisions and these experiences that we're supposed to have. And the majority of us, I'd say most of us, probably 99.999% of us came down, not necessarily to experience possession because that's not in our path. The rare, 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 rare circumstances of possession are, it, it's it's like a fluke. It's like winning the, the megabucks. It's like, I want to come to this life and experience it. And then my family and friends around me want to experience that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're giving over your whole being, your whole will. And there's got to be something bigger to that. Mm -hmm. And that's, I I absolutely agree with that, which is why, like, I, I've been asked, I had, I've had some people ask me about possession a few times when I've worked with them. And my immediate response is like, you're not possessed. Like, you're not. Attachments happen. Attachments do happen. Attachments are, you know, not necessarily as rare. They're not really, like, they can be scary, but they're not as scary. It's apples and oranges. So thank you so much for clarifying that for us and speaking a little bit more to it. Stacey or Carissa, here's a question. So if you feel like perhaps you do have an attachment, where would you seek help or what should you do about it? I mean, acknowledging it is a big step, but what do you do next? I truly feel that you have the power to release things. I truly, like we understand research shows the power of prayer. We understand so much that I don't, yes, go to someone, but at the same time, you don't have, you can clear stuff on your own. You can clear your own house. It's really the intention behind it. You're not so is powerless, it, is, my, is my point. You're not powerless. Go ahead. Is it as easy as clearing like a stuck soul in your house? I mean, is it the same thing? Like if you don't want an energy there, you say, leave my house. This is my house. Is that the same way an attachment would work in the body, do you think? So I'll tell you what I would do is I would set the intention and say a prayer and clear the house, connect with my guides. Stacey will have a different answer. My point is, I just don't want everyone to feel powerless that, you know, you, that. You, you can clear this. You can clear your own home. But definitely go to someone if it's like you don't have the energy or your mind's going blank. I don't know what to do. People are here for you. Stacy, I can't disagree with every anything that Carissa just said. I agree. You are not powerless. I think depending on how long the attachment has taken place, you you might need an energy worker to step in and help you. Energy workers can help clear attachments. It needs to be an energy worker that understands a little bit about attachments because they're different. Like I I do um I do Reiki. I'm I'm as a Reiki master teacher, but when I step into an attachment clearing, it's not the same because you know, like when I work with people. I see things very vibrationally. And I just kind of explained the the maypole thing with the energy kind of intertwined. 
you have to be able to kind of untwine or like remove that energy kind of that's around the person. It is absolutely possible to do it yourself. Absolutely. It's challenging, but it's possible. Okay. And then once the energy or the attachment has been removed, you had said something earlier about filling that space back up. Are you putting in intention for gratitude, love, balance, whatever's needed? So when I'm removing and then filling, I fill with what my guides tell me to fill with. So sometimes it's gratitude, sometimes it's love, sometimes it's healing, sometimes it's strength, compassion anything that's needed. Sometimes it can be color. You can use the elements to bring it in. I do that a lot. I use wind. I use butterflies and mostly to to fill back up, to bring that in. And a lot of color. I bring a lot of color into clearing or when I'm going to fill something back up. I don't know if I want to be filled with butterflies. Well, not butterflies. I'm talking more butterflies with like the house, clearing a house, like it all exiting so I can see it as a butterfly because butterflies are transformation and love and all those wonderful things. So you're talking the symbol, symbol, symbology, the symbolism. Yeah. Butterflies. Symbols. (laughs) The symbol. I love that. No, I just, I'm, I'm over here going, fill me with butterflies. I will be good (laughs) for the rest of the day. Literally. Oh no, that's creepy. That's creepy. I just meant symbolically. Like, that's how I see it exit. Like, it does its work and exits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been a really great conversation. Brissa, do you have anything else you'd like to to add to this conversation? Any humor to take us out? I'm not getting an attachment ever. Tell us how you really feel, Carissa. You know, it's in what I will, what I will share before, before we, you know, think about wrapping things up is when we started this episode, my dog came in here and she actually was just looking at the wall and I looked over and we, I have, I have a, a buddy here just so everybody knows. I don't know who he is, but I have a buddy that came into the office and is just chilling. So, and Astrid won't leave the room now. She's by (laughs) your side. Yeah. She's laying on the floor next to me. Like there's something here. It's fun. Yeah, she's protecting you. It's good to have a a protective dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, I guess with all of that, Stacy, you want to take us out? Stay classy. Stay sassy. Stay badassy. Until next time, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.